what uh, what kind of chair are you in? It's a weird. I am on um, the bed in the guest bedroom. That's why. Condo. That's why it looks like a a different. I was like, that's a strange looking chair. No, yeah, that is a, that is a headboard. Um, yes, I've turned this into a studio for this for this episode. <laughs> How's it going? Are you enjoying Houston? Um, I am. I am. I've been able to like socially distance, see some people, um, and some people where we've all isolated ourselves, you know, pretty successfully. We've not socially distanced seeing each other, but still no hugs. So, you know, but one thing that we've did, um, we had dinner on Friday night, we went over to Mike and Caroline's house, uh, and they have some extra copies of the SMU yearbook because they each bought copies and they were like, well, we only need, you know, one set of yearbooks. Um, mm-hmm. and so we flipped through some of the yearbooks. Did you ever buy the yearbook at SMU? Uh, I think I've had a few. Yeah, I'm like like I have I have one from one freshman year. year and senior year. Yeah, I'm like, there was one year where they like featured the band, Ooh. and and they had a spread and they 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 interviewed me in a couple things, but they had a big picture of me where I'm like, if you know the band, I'm clearly yelling at somebody like, get in line, blah blah, mm-hmm. you know, or something, and it's like. Ryan Jenkins cheers on fellow band students and like they put it up in the band hall and we're like writing like <laughs> and like pointing arrows at me and stuff like that. So. so here's the thing. We were looking through the yearbook and it is atrocious. It is rife with errors, typos. Really? Um, for almost every issue I looked at, the wrong people's names appear under photos. Like it would say like, you know, um, Mary Jones, and it would be a dude's photo above Mary Jones's name. And there would there be ones where, like, where I would look at pages and pages of like people I knew or people I kind of knew, and every name was one off. Like, every name belonged to the person next to oh, the geez. photo. That, I mean, it was so bad. The writing is so bad. We were just, but we also were talking, we we're like, did you know anybody who worked on the yearbook? And like, none of us did. I'm trying to remember. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. I'm sure there's somebody I know, and they're list. They're like one of my f- seven friends that listens to this podcast, and they're like Ryan. You you, you probably would have known that they worked on your book. Uh, somebody I that I would. There's a lot of like brothers I had who did activities at like, like. Well, yeah, I will say uh, a girl that I went to high school with, uh, and we were on so <clears throat> in high school. I was photography editor of my yearbook, and yearbook in my high school was a. It was a rather cool uh, publication to be involved in. You know, one of, of any merit was on newspaper. Newspaper was a joke, but the yearbook saga was, uh, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was elite. Um, I was photography editor of my yearbook. So I was like, of course I shall buy an SMU yearbook. And then there's a reason I didn't buy one again until I was a senior, but a girl I went to high school with and was on yearbook with joined the SMU yearbook. And I remember her being like, are you going to join too? You loved saga. And I was like, no. What what does photography editor entail? Um, so I was I was uh, I oversaw all the photographers. So mm-hmm. we had about six to eight photographers, and I would basically give them assignments. Um, like I would be like, oh, okay, we need to take the pictures of the football team this week. So so and so, here's the time the coach set aside for all the players to have their picture taken. I would send them out. I also bought all the film because it was still film. Uh, bought all the film and arranged for all the photos to be developed. Um, and then I would kind of check them to make sure they were decent and could be used in the yearbook. Um, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you were like doing any layouts or anything like that. That was layout staff. Okay, um, okay. one thing I was terrible at layout. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So, because we did ours, um, no one cares about this. We laid ours out by hand. And so it involved like these, like, I was really, I was really bad at layout. It was terrible. It was terrible. So, yeah. I don't, I, I feel like I had a layout story, but it's gone now. No, I never did anything with yearbook like. Did you buy I, yearbooks? Like, did you buy high school to. yearbooks? Yeah, 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 yeah. And do, do you still have them? Um, I have some of them. You, you, so you have a few yearbooks? I have a few. I have a few from SMU. I don't know if it was just something that, like, I think my parents might have gotten them. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Or, or there must have been something where it's like you buy them and it goes. I, I never. I don't remember ever paying for a yearbook, so it must have somehow gone through them. I, I don't yeah. know where they are right now. There's a shelf okay. in, like, our guest room of that is clearly the, like, nostalgia shelf of, like, I'll never look at this stuff, but I have it. And it's, like... Tara's yearbooks, Tara's, they did binders for specifics. She was in a, uh, like, uh, a music fraternity, like, co-ed fraternity thing. So there's that stuff in there. And same same with me and, and yearbooks. I'm just like, I don't know which ones I have, which ones I kept, which ones are still at home. So I, I still have every yearbook I've ever bought. I have one first through eighth grade at my small private school, which they're very small yearbooks, but they are great. And then I have my all four of my high school yearbooks, including my freshman year, which was a miserable year. I don't know why I wanted to memorialize that, but here we are. Um, I have them all, except for my, my first through eighth grade ones are still at my parents' house, but the rest are at my apartment in Austin. So um, it's the first time I've ever moved them out of my parents' house. I still have a bunch of stuff at my parents' house, so some of them might be there. There was a time when we went, when I moved from D.C. to Austin, and I stopped in Dallas, and they uh, were like, okay, take everything you want out of this room, and we're going to throw away everything else. And I was like, okay. And I took a few things, and every year I come back and be like, are you sure you don't want this? I'm like, throw it away. Throw it away. Yeah. I think the last big thing I took from my parents' house was I have, like, four or five, like, memento boxes from college all the way up until I moved to D.C. that have, you know, birthday cards and stuff like that. And I, I took those. And after that, I was like, light a match, guys. Exactly. <laughs> I did the same thing with I do the same thing with birthday cards. Like, I keep them long enough to be – like, I, this probably sounds horrible and it's probably too far in the other direction. But I swear, if you give me a birthday card, I go, oh, <laughs> great trash like i just want to throw it away immediately because i'm like i don't know what to do with these i don't know what to do well and so i after i moved to austin i purged those boxes and like Mm -hmm. i had a lot of cards from like relatives who are no longer with us and rather than keeping all eight cards i had i kept like two so you know i kind of did stuff like that or i had cards from people where i'm like i have no idea where this person is now we like we're not i'm like i hate them i'm like we lost touch or whatever and i'm like trash Trash, trash. I will tell you one thing I did that was pretty nostalgic is uh, we had like a mission trip uh, with my church. And I, when I, my senior year, they had everybody put up these bags and it was like, you would write notes to other people that was like, Hey, you've, you've done this. Like, thank you so much. It's great to know you, blah, blah, blah. And like, I kind of reemerged into my youth group, like in my junior year. So I'd been out for a while and I was like, no one's going to give a crap about me. And some people wrote some of the nicest things about just spending a few trips with me. And Mm -hmm. I haven't looked at it in a long time because I think I'm a more secure and confident person in myself, like where I am in my life now than I was Mm -hmm. at points during college and everything else. But there would be just be times where I would just pull that thing out and I couldn't remember who was who in some of those things. But it was just like someone said something like, you're very funny and it was very nice to get to know you and I'm so glad you're back at church and blah, blah, blah. And I was, it just would do it just to feel good every once in a while. Maybe we need to do more of that. I feel like that's something that's very organization, like college 
kind of different because I can think of different organizations I was in in college that would do that and like those things where it's like oh you just like kind of write nice things to somebody at the end of a year or whatever yeah and I'm like why did we stop doing that well I, I think maybe it's more of a reminder to not necessarily have something where you get together and do it at a certain time but just if you want to tell someone something simple yeah. as like I like you and it's and it doesn't have to be their birthday it doesn't have to be a certain Christmas it doesn't have to be anything just that's true. Be more vocally I... appreciative of those around you. Hey, Laurel, I really like doing this podcast with you. I'm glad you know, we, like... <laughs> I, I like it too, Ryan. I appreciate you. <laughs> and it's been really fun, like, with the whole, like, I kind of felt, no, this is going to get serious. Everybody, put oh. on, get your tissues. I feel like we kind of drifted apart a little bit, and I'm glad you like Tara so much, and I'm glad we're all friends here in Austin. This is nice. <laughs> That's so nice. Um, I am glad y'all are some of my only friends in Austin. <laughs> because <laughs> i stopped making friends with the well, quarantine you, i was gonna um, say you did show up and then it was like don't talk to anyone <laughs> this is true um yeah. no but it's been a delight and we don't need to talk about the fact that i like tara more than i like you That's, so listen, you know join the club. i'll take her run off um, um you know but along those same lines there is a um there's an older couple at my church and actually it's kind of sad because the wife has now entered hospice they're in their 90s but um or at least late 80s uh but she wrote either for my birthday or as a thank you note for like a meal I brought them when they both were like I don't know had just had surgery or something but she wrote me like the nicest notes I'm probably gonna cry thinking about um that was just all about like what I meant to the church and like what and like things she has noticed that I've like contributed to the church like I don't even like think about and stuff and it was just like the most touching like unexpected letter and I was just like I want to be one of these people who writes letters like this like I remember when I went to thank her I think I just started crying <laughs> so like I was like I just want to be like and she's all she's a very quiet person and so I was just like Mary Lou her name's Mary Lou it's amazing I was just like Mary Lou like your way with words is so impactful anyway do we want to do we want to do want to uh, kind of? On that note. I know now it's. I don't know. I don't feel proper doing a funny segue into our intro. So. Uh, well, you know, uh, let's. Oh, I'm trying to have a good segue. Uh... <laughs> we can just do it. We can just hop in. That's true. Let's just let's Gu just let's just hop in. Guys, we're gonna go straight in from sentiment to hello Seattle. I'm Ryan. <laughs> I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. We get together and we talk about Fraser. Uh, Laurel here is the. Uh, I was trying to think of something with sentiment, but Laurel here is the 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 resident phraseologist. I am. Oh, I, I, I have I have a, I have a comparison. I'm the time go. capsule, and you're the scrapbook. There we go. Nice. <laughs> I'm I. She is the the. Never mind. You know what? You nailed it. I don't know. I'm trying to like put something yeah, on here. Yeah. Good. Stop trying to one up me. Um, um, so I I, so I feel like it's it's like it's like you buried my Fraser knowledge in 2004 when the show went off the air and you just dug it out and it's like zing, it's all here. <laughs> um. So today we are looking at uh, season six, episode three and mm -hmm. four. Episode three is Dial M for Martin, and mm -hmm. the the thing is off the page. So let me get it so I can see it. What is going on here? There we go. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so uh, Season 6, Episode 3, Dial M for Martin. With Frazier home all day, he and Martin get into explosive arguments. Roz suggests that Martin move in with Niles for a while. I think that's missing a huge part of this episode. That feels like a Netflix um, synopsis. Yes, exactly. Wait, I was about to say, you're done? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, because the big thing is, and then Niles subconsciously tries to murder Martin. I know. Okay, I have to say, I hate to say it. I just now realized what the title means. I, I did. Th- well, no, I didn't realize what the title was going into it. And then when I looked it up to for to see what, make sure I was, because I, I had this like weird moment near the end where I go, God, I hope this is the correct episode. I didn't even look to see if it was a correct episode. And yeah, it no, up, it is. Went, oh, it's Dial in for Martin. I get it. So I have to look. I, I took notes on my phone um, since I don't have my my Fraser notebook with me. Um, I so let's just very much okay. enjoyed this one. I, gonna, I I watched this now two nights ago, so I'm just yes, I enjoyed this one um, as well. And I have actually, I mean, I took qu- quite quite a bit of notes. I I feel like I have a lot to say about. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, you took a lot of you took more notes than me. Uh, I, um, the space is where we move into the next episode. But oh okay I good, okay. I did take a good amount. Um, I kind of just want to start from the beginning. I do too, because, because the first note I have is rodeo bloopers, <laughs> which is which is what Fraser, <laughs> which is what Fraser taped over. <laughs> um, I'm like, can I just say God, that's amazing? Th- that is such a moment in time. Also, this is definitely something that happened in my parents' house all the time because we taped so many things from TV that finding a tape to be like, oh no, we're gonna miss ER tonight. Let's find a tape to put in there was just such a treasure hunt <laughs> when so so this will make sense in a little bit but i gotta go a little bit i may have told this story that when i was uh six my parents took me on a vacation with much older people to hawaii like the next closest person in age to me was like eight years older mm-hmm. and so there's all these she, my mom always talks about oh we took you to hawaii and the whole time you just wanted to play video games downstairs in the hotel and i'm like first of all i'm a video game designer so it works mm-hmm. out and paid off <laughs> Second of all, i'm six years old and every time we do anything you guys do so she's like we try to include you in everything and then there's a video where my dad's filming people parasailing and he forgets mm-hmm. to turn the thing off so he puts the camera down and it's one of those ones you used to have oh to yes put on your shoulder so he puts yes. it down and leaves it on and you see someone's feet go and like take off into the sky in the sky and then mm-hmm. then it cuts to right little six-year-old ryan walking over to the end of the boat and sticking his feet over and like kicking because i can't go parasailing and that's yeah. like such a microcosm of what the whole vacation was. It was like, you just stay here. All the adults are going to have fun. I don't know why you only want to play video games. So they made, so forever it was a big deal about that. And I was like, you know, we're never taking you to Hawaii again. Well, okay, great, whatever. So then years later, I would lay down on the floor with my feet towards the, the uh, TV and play Nintendo. And I got very large. I'm about six foot two now, and I got to be about six foot two in fifth grade. And so my feet kind of started. Wait, no, you were not this tall since fifth grade. grade. Yes, I was. Yes, I was very close, if not six foot two. Ah, yes. Okay. I I exploded and then stopped. But that's that's just shocking. Like I don't think I knew anybody in my school that was okay. Okay. The best was all the basketball teams everyone wanted me on and I sucked at basketball. <laughs> like the last that, that was like me. Be... I was the tallest girl in my classroom. Not yes. very good at basketball. And, and they would say, just when everyone runs over here, you stay on that side. Just always stay on this half <laughs> running back and forth and just put your hands up when they <laughs> But so I, I'm in fifth grade. My my legs have, have grown. I've stayed in generally the same spot, but my legs have grown so that they touch the VHS when I sit down mm-hmm. and play my games. So mom pops in the, the, the Hawaii videotape to watch it, and we're watching something, and all of a sudden it just becomes Super Mario Brothers. And she's like, <laughs> not only did you not do anything, you complained the whole Hawaii trip, but then you taped over it for Super Mario Brothers. I'm like, I did not do that on purpose. 
Yeah, you're like, I can't help it that I'm that I, my extremities have grown. <laughs> We've also been talking about how I watched a lot of uh, Disney movies for the other podcast, and I've just become that realization that so many of them I remember as having like, and this is where a commercial happens. Yes. And this is where yeah. this happens. For the longest time, the version of Lady on the Tramp that I watched was taped off of the Disney Channel in like 1988. Yeah. Um, so anyway... Um, I thought that the, so yes, that resonated with me a lot because uh, of the mad scramble for us to find available VHSs to tape things. Mm -hmm. Also, my mom never watched Grey's Anatomy after the end of the first season because she missed the last part of the finale. We taped it and then she took the tape out to put it somewhere. Like, let me put this in a place where I know where it is and then misplaced it and thus never <laughs> saw the end of the first season of Grey's Anatomy, which ends on cliffhanger and is very important. And thus she never watched Grey's Anatomy after that. Um, they have Netflix or something now. She's just never going to do it? Oh, no. Well, also, I mean, I don't, I don't think she cares anymore. But, oh, um, yeah. No, I, I would not tell somebody to go back and watch Grey's Anatomy now. Um, but uh, that also, fighting with parents because you're all home so much, I feel like that's very relevant right now during the quarantine. You hear, I have a lot of friends who have left the big city that they live in and gone to their parents' houses in, you know, more remote areas. And I'm like, how's that working out for you guys? we're running into a lot of uh quarantine correlations in these these few episodes maybe we've been preparing for this quarantine our entire lives (laughs) fraser tried to warn us Mm -hmm. um it's it's also speaking of that so spoiler alert whatever there's still he still hasn't found a new job by the time by this session's episodes Mm -hmm. like and i'm curious how long that's going to last okay yeah um yeah I have a note here, and I don't know when Fraser says it, but I feel it's very Frasery. Is the I hope you're happy. I think it has something to do when uh, the lingerie model calls and and leaves a message, and Martin uh, he he says it somewhere, and it just felt like such like Fraser's catchphrase almost. Almost is I hope you're happy. Yeah, and also I I, I wondered if you had any thoughts about the fact that Fraser was going to have a date with a lingerie model. Like we're back to Fraser. Here's the and thing. models. I liked it this time because a we don't see her till the very end, and it's mm-hmm. so very specifically. And I talked about this with Tara, a joke that deals with Fraser's hubris. Mm-hmm. And it's the other episodes; it was something bad happened, but at the end of the day, he still got to hook up with a model. And this one was, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. He ruins it for himself. That's true. And also, don't be wrong; she was pretty and everything, but she was not like drop-dead gorgeous walking the Victoria's Secret Angels fashion show every year. Like, she she looked rather more normal and, like, attainable. Well, it's funny and also, because, I would say perhaps even a touch older. Well, it's it's funny because I didn't look up much about her because I was just like, who is this voice? And I was kind of like, I wonder if it's someone famous or whatever. And I looked mm-hmm. up, and the first pi- pi- the pictures that show up look like she might actually be a model of some sort. But I agree oh, with you. Oh. How, she, uh, how she looked in it, she was presented very attractively, but not like... Again, she didn't come out in a bustier and like yes, yes. stockings and everything, but yeah, I, just I, wearing I, wearing a silk robe. It, it's the kind of uh, Fraser, and it, also Fraser was so like childish about it. like she's a lingerie model. Like it was just it was it was. I'm starting to. This is the kind of jerk Fraser I like so much better than last season's jerk Fraser. Oh, uh, see, I wrote down. I don't know what this is in reference to, but the next note I have after lingerie model is Fraser is insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> I liked, I don't know. I liked him better in this episode because I think it all came crashing down for him. Yes. Yes. And I have to say, 
I feel like Frazier makes a good point. Martin has lived with him for five years. Yes. And he's like, we're getting on each other's nerves a little bit. Maybe we need a break. I'm like, that's not that's not out of the realm. It's also time Niles took a turn. Yeah, no kidding. I, I did like the whole bit where Roz kind of sets him up. I there's a lot I liked about this episode, and one of them was the 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 Martin Roz alone moment we got. Yes, we're yes, we're there at the thing, and she's they like I almost want them to have a spinoff. Yes, because they're like chemistry and banter is so good. Like yeah. it's like when Roz was um, playing in his poker night, and she just fit right in. Yes. Um, I did really enjoy when, when Niles comes in and is like, oh, Roz, dad, like, I hope I'm not interrupting anything. She's like, well, actually, we just eloped. I'm your new mom. And he's like, well, I'll be a son of a bitch. Yeah. I, I knew that line was coming and I still died laughing. Did you know it because you saw it coming or did you know it because you remembered that line? I remembered the line. Mm, okay. Uh, the other thing yeah. I said here, which uh, obviously I meant Roz, but for some reason I wrote, Frazier is rocking the hot mom look. And I meant that for Roz. When she was in there with her new hair, she doesn't have the like glorious hair I used to love, but at the same time, I think she's looking real good. Oh yeah, and this hair is very like light and yes. just um, not not in terms of color, but in terms of like the way the layers are and everything. I was actually really liking this. I, I feel like this is one of the first hairstyles she's had that hasn't looked super dated. Yes. Uh, Niles uh, is still wiping the chair. I noticed that as soon as after he did the son of a bitch. I, 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 I think he does that for the entire series. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I love it. Every time he does it, I'm like, oh, because it's never like it's not the point of a joke. Like it's never yes. focused on. Like that's his thing. It's not like a gimmicky thing, but he does it every time. Yes. Um. So Roz suggests that uh, Martin and Eddie move in with Niles, and Niles is initially very reticent until he remembers that then Daphne would move in. And that moment when David Hyde Pierce is pouring the cream into his coffee and does not even change a single thing about himself as he, yes. you know that Niles is realizing he's Daphne. I was just like, this is so perfect. <laughs> like, I am just like so obsessed with this. Yes. I also, it's interesting because this one made me realize a few things. One, he had been living with Fraser for five years. Two, mm -hmm. of course, Daphne was hired. She wasn't like, guaranteed to still be living with them like she at one point is a therapist and needs to say he's better i should go now and i didn't even think about that till she did it yeah. this episode well and she made a good point when she was like physical therapists aren't supposed to be she said I'm not like psychiatrists you work with someone for years and years and yes. don't care if they get better which i was that like was Ooh, zing <laughs> yeah i, I like speaking of reaction looks i like them kind of going like i i didn't know if they were going to go like wah, wah, or but instead they kind of look at <laughs> each other like is she talking about us <laughs> But she makes a really good point. It's really unusual to, unless somebody, I guess, is dealing with like, you know, like a spinal cord injury or something that you just don't, yeah. you aren't in physical therapy for five years. You get to exactly. a point where they don't need it anymore. And then you're like, okay. Um, um, yeah. It, it's possible that they all just got a little complacent and she's kind of like, you know what? I'm not actually doing what I was supposed to be doing. So. When does Niles realize Eddie's going to live with him too? Is that before or after Daphne? It's before because he said, oh, we don't allow, like, uh, they don't yes, allow dogs at the, right, right, right. the Montana. Um, and so, uh, speaking of Eddie, at one point, Eddie jumps up into Niles' lap right after uh, Niles and Martin and Daphne, or Niles and Martin come in to say that they, uh, they decide that Martin should move in with Niles. Niles sits down at the dining room table and Eddie jumps into his lap. It's a different dog. Oh, yeah. It is not Moose because <laughs> obviously I'm like, I know that dog super well. I know his, I know his markings and he jumps into, uh, and he's not facing the camera. You just see his side. And I was like, that is not Moose. Well, doesn't, it, doesn't it change to one to Moose's 
kid? Yes. When they decide that Moose is too old to be doing jumping and running yeah. um, stunts, they, they start swapping his kid in. But I heard that they, like, genetically modified, like, tried to genetically modify the the um, <clears throat> the puppies that he was going to father to try to get ones that were as close to his markings as possible. And Enzo was the one they went with. And I'm like, is this Enzo? Because he doesn't look like Moose. <laughs> Just, just things I think about, you know. <laughs> That's so weird. The, the idea of genetically modified—it's kind of like genetically modified might be the wrong gross. thing. It's like maybe they had him mate with. This also sounds terrible. Mate with a Jack Russell who was very similar in markings well, to him, so that the odds were good. That's genetic modification. I don't. Think oh, they I, I, I guess I think of. I, I that, that that's to me more like. Uh, like, what is it? Like planned breeding, like strategic breeding or something. I feel like genetic modification is when you're like, we shall take this chromosome yes. and... You see him in a lab with Eagle. <laughs> We've done it. Yeah. We've made a similar dog. <laughs> it's Eddie 2.0. Um, yeah, so... Sorry, I'm just changing position here. So, so okay. they end up at Niles' house. Daphne's with them for a little while looking for a new job. And then we start, things start happening, like, uh, Martin is going up the stairs, and he trips and falls down, and they're like, oh my goodness, he's like, yeah, you'd almost think that Niles kicked my cane out from under me on purpose. Yeah, it's like, Niles kicked it out from under me. And that's and Frazier's like, huh. <laughs> yeah, he poses the idea that maybe he's doing it subconsciously, and Martin picks it up, and for the rest, it just, I love Martin's, like, paranoid. Yes. Like, it's, it's almost so like... Good. Well, it also, you have to suspend a little bit of logic that, um, sorry, I'm just getting more comfortable here. You have to spend a little, suspend a little bit of logic that Martin would fall for that. Or not fall for it, because Frazier's not trying to trick him. But, like, that Martin would believe that. Because you could almost see Martin being like, oh, come on. Listeners, Laurel has uh, gotten a little more comfortable. And now I feel like we're about to get, like, a, you know, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker type, like, in the city, it's hard to date. Like, <laughs> you're, like, on your side, like... You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, ladies, let but, me tell you something. <laughs> like, it's just Gus girls here, so let's chat. It's, it's like one step away from, like, both hands under your thing and then, like, with, like, a phone and your feet are up behind you, like, kicking. Yeah, like that. <laughs> um, yeah, um, which I don't really sit, like, anymore. I just, I, I'm not used to recording on a bed, so I'm trying to just get, like, yeah, comfortable. Yeah, I, I just let the, 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 the acting differences with Martin being more paranoid and with Niles kind of pushing that weird, like, killer vibe where he's like, oh, I just left the shears here. How clumsy of me. Like, it was, yeah. so, it was so goofy, but just so perfect for what they're trying to go for here. Well, and it was reminiscent of um, what, uh, what was it when Niles, like, was hosting people from his building and then was trying to get them to leave and Frazier was telling somebody that, like, Yes. You know, his previous wife had died under mysterious circumstances. And yes. then David I. Pierce goes, crab puff. <laughs> it was yes. just like that delivery. It's, it's the one where he's. Is it to kill a talking to... bird? No, it's after that when the, he, the woman, he's in love with the woman, but he couldn't tell Daphne. Oh, Death so, Phyllis. De it was Death Phyllis. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Crab um, puff. <laughs> so this episode, like it just goes on. There's a lot more jokes about them trying to kill each other and they oh i forgot the other thing i really liked about this episode was fraser at home as a bachelor first of all the chair he replaces with which with where the uh lazy boy went is awful oh yes <laughs> that black thing and then mm -hmm. um the, but i love the scene where he 
listens to the the message. It's like, Frazier, your voice is so sexy on the mm-hmm. uh, voicemail. I'm just gonna be over, but I'll be wearing my work clothes. Da-da-da. And then he like goes and pours some sherry and moves the machine over by him and just listens to it again. I thought yes, it was so good. Also, she's like, let's not go out. Let's stay in. And he yes. wears a suit. Yes. I was like, no- nothing screams home date like a suit. <laughs> I here's the thing. The one thing I did also realize about that scene is I the quiet of the house when no one's there except for him. I don't know why that screamed bachelor to me, but I was just remembering when like I lived by myself and it was like, you know, now I feel like if Tara's not here, I'm constantly talking to the dog, but at Mm -hmm. least the dog's there to like make noise too. But like when I used to live by myself, it's been a long time since I've just been like, well, I'm going to do something and you just do it. And there's like quiet happening. to it. Yes. I I mean, I've, I've lived alone for since 2016 now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I do definitely talk to Leo a lot. Right. Um, so, and yeah, um, get his thoughts, opinions, you know. So they end up back at Frazier's because of all the goofiness that's going on. And, and what is the most recent? Oh, oh yeah. They end up back at Frazier's because Martin's convinced that Niles is trying to kill him. And then Martin ends up falling outside Frazier's apartment in front of the elevator. And they're trying to get him to bring him back inside. And he knows Rebecca. Is that right? Oh, that sounds right. Yes. Yeah. He knows Rebecca's going to be there soon. So he's like trying to get them all out. And then he yells something completely uh, rude to, to Martin. Rude's not the right word, but you know what I mean? Like, like basically like, you'll be fine, you old coot or something. I forgot what he said. Yeah. And then she opens the door. She's like, what kind of terrible human being are you? And he's like, Rebecca, no, come completely. And, he- <laughs> and he reaches back over the remote and turns the music back on. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I thought we I, weren't um... even going to ever see her. I thought it was just going to. I don't know. I, I also like that he gone. told them to go down in the elevator to go in shifts or something, yes. which I, now I don't remember what was what was for. But I, I wrote down, especially when, you know, after Rebecca leaves and, and they're like, Frazier, we really need to get him inside. And he's like, just give me one moment. And he goes and like sit, looks around at everything and then yes. sits in his chair and then is like, okay. I was like, this <laughs> acting is so good. It was a, I, I really like this one. Now, did you... Hulu, I, I need to be better about this, but Hulu, I missed the whole, like, watch, the ability to watch the cold, the, the, the last show. Um, Did you? So, same, because, so, I, I'm at Leah's, and she, yeah. is, we were new to using Hulu, and I don't understand her remote, and we, uh, I tried to do watch credits, and it ended up going, skipping to the next episode anyway, yeah. and I was like, well, okay. So, okay, well, we missed that, guys, it's, it's shameless. I saw at least part of it, and I, oh, 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 I want to say it was Eddie, um, maybe just, like, walking in circles around Frazier's like dining room table or something. I don't, Oh, I know what it is. Well, at least what part of it was. It was Daphne lying on the couch on the phone, mm-hmm. Martin, like on his, in his bark lounge, like watching TV and like drinking a, a Valentine's Eddie walking in circles. I think Frazier was just like, like off to the side, like basically they'd taken over his house. I, uh, I, I love the bit where Eddie was doing circles on Niles's table Niles's. And, and Martin just goes, Eddie, whatever you're on, get off it. <laughs> Like when, when Niles says something. Yes. Um, um, what would you rate this episode? I'm, I, I think it was a seven pruning shears. It may be an eight for me. I really liked it a lot. I thought it was a solid episode. You could show anyone and go, this is Frazier. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give it eight. I'm going to, I'm going to put that thing, eight oh. pruning shears. Look at you. I'm going to give it seven VHSs of rodeo bloopers. Um, I, I too, <laughs> I too relate. I think it was a very solid episode. I don't think it's an incredibly memorable episode to me, but, um, can you yeah. see rodeo bloopers in your head of like, like well, to me, all of rodeo looks like a blooper. Right. So like, I'm not sure what's supposed to happen. That's the thing I was going to say is it's not like a bait where it's like 
the whole point of rodeo is stay on an animal until you get thrown off like a rag doll. Like, yes. what defines a blooper from a mistake? Like, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that as soon as like you know they they open up the stall door that you like fall off. Yes. <laughs> like you don't you aren't even making it into the ring or whatever. I don't know what it's called. The the ring. ring. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it's called either. It's been a long time since I've been to a rodeo. I know Tara wants to go to one while we're here, but. I, did I ever tell you in Boy Scouts there was a rodeo and then in the middle they had uh, they let us go out and you had to catch a greased piglet and like hold it up over your head and you want a belt I... buckle? What? And I, I want it. I First of all, I believe that that happened in Texas. I don't believe that that happened in Plano, Texas. It was, I feel Plano, like... it was at a Boy Scout thing, so we were out at camp somewhere. Oh, okay. That, yes. but that Oh my gosh, that is just so... Uh stereotypical well it was funny because everyone was trying to grab one themselves and no one could grab one myself so me and this other guy go i grabbed one i had one by its hind legs and Mm -hmm. it's like doing like a wheelbarrow like Mm -hmm. like this is probably animal abuse i was gonna say i'm actually getting really upset for the piglets who are probably really confused right i'm I'm just like this guy knew blake i'm like blake blake and he grabbed the other and we held it up and they're like well we don't have two belt buckles i'm like here's my address send me a belt buckle i don't know where it is now but i was so determined to get a belt buckle well Great. Um, should we move on? I should say, I, I, I have a hard stop, like, right around six, so we should move okay. on to the next one. Do we have any mail in the mail pattern, pattern ball in this bag? I do not think so. We haven't had any mail in a while. Mm. Oh, yeah, we do have one from Kyle that says, you two talking about the Cowboys is just ridiculous. You two Cowboy fans. Did we, either of us ever say we were Cowboy fans? Uh, who knows? Probably when we were talking about Troy Aikman and my sister, and he was just oh, like, whatever. Yes. Um, I saw, uh, speaking of, I saw Kyle. Your I saw favorite Kyle. football team sucks. I saw Kyle and Casey yesterday. Um, so, like, in person or just on Zoom? No, in person. They they live in Houston, so I. Okay. Yeah, I, I went and sat in their backyards, um, in their backyard, in their pool, and they sat in their pool. We tried to teach Leo how to swim. The way you just said that, it sounded like you were in two different pools. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I'm. You were Same both pool. in a pool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All three of us in a pool, right. and plus Leo. We tried to teach Leo how to swim. But it, just, it didn't work out. All right. So, I mean, Leo's still alive. He's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, it didn't work out. He just didn't want to swim. Not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. This is the right one. So the next one is uh, episode four, Hot Ticket. Frazier and Niles' desire to return their A-list standing has them doing whatever it takes to secure tickets to the theatrical event of the season. Anything but scrounging for the last-minute tickets in the cancellation queue. So what did you think of this episode? I hated this episode. Really? I was so mad at them. Oh, for, do- so, for doing that? I just thought it was dumb. <laughs> so I likened it to Hamilton because it was, so it's this, it's um, called uh, Tears of the Mariner, right, the right, play. Right. And Which, it's is this. Is that a real play? I don't think so. It's, it's this a very. Good fake play name. Yes. It's this very well-renowned actor who's doing his last play ever. And these, his last shows are in Seattle. And to me, it was just kind of like. Hamilton, if like Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, I'm coming back to Hamilton for a week. And, you know, after this week, I'm never going to never going to play Hamilton again or whatever. I mean, obviously, Lin-Manuel Miranda's going to have a very long career. But like, I just to me, it was the fact that I was like, you aren't really arts people. You just want to be seen as art, arts people. And well, right. But that was re- the whole point of the episode. No, exactly. But I was like, you like this show that I am a true theater person because I Save would have. Theater. I'm sorry, what was that? You said, because I, and I said, say it like theater. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, but, like, first of all, I would never misread my tickets and not realize they were for the matinee. 
but also like secondly 100% stand in the cancellation line to go like I just the whole thing really annoyed me and this is one of those times where I can't laugh at their snobbishness I actually just got really mad yeah I, I can definitely agree with that it made me really like I feel like we haven't we think we've seen them their higher society ways but like all the people who were the people they were trying to impress annoyed the hell out of me. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, at no point was it, did I feel anything for them except for like, stop, stop this, stop what you're doing. Like, yes. And just like the lengths they went to, to like make it seem like they were at the, pl- I don't know. The whole thing just really rubbed me the wrong way. And Niles um, is also the on this one, which I feel like felt a little different. What does Niles do? I mean, he's just, he's, he's, he's being really rude and he's, yelling at everybody about like I about everything you're saying like about Maris and all that and it felt like he was he felt very Frasier end of last season in this episode mm. like Frasier was more of like okay well we'll go and we'll figure something out don't mm-hmm. worry he was like I must be seen at this and he was he was you know taking on the the jerk role that was just that the, the jerk the unappealing jerk not the one that you see get their comeuppance or anything like that yeah yeah and then at the end they still kind of get what they wanted which is to be like invited back to all these high society events and they don't even like really feel bad for very long about the fact that they missed this play and had to basically just lie to this famous actor about their experience i will say the one thing i did like is i like that at the end of the day frazier made the actor feel good like that actor's not like it wasn't like and then he realized he was lying i like that they didn't go back on it like that actor is going to go off and be like somebody cares about me even if it's complete bs but you know yes I like yes that. i did i did kind of enjoy because i like seeing fraser have to squirm i did enjoy fraser having to try to come up with some different parts of the play that moved him yes. well there's a thing that's interesting to me because this kind of was was super noticeable to me was the uh the fact that they went quick we have to figure out what this play is about and i'm like oh we'll just go look it up on wikipedia oh never mind <laughs> yes yes um Yeah, I just, I don't know. I got very infuriated by that. Maybe it was a mood I was in while I was watching this episode, but I was just kept being like, if like Hamilton was, if this was Hamilton and the only opportunity they had to see it, like, I I would be like, yeah, good. You don't deserve to see Hamilton if you won't like take all these opportunities to see it that are being handed to you. I I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I don't think I got as frustrated about it as you did, but it's obviously that's, that's where I think the, the emotion was going. Because I yeah. think it is them being stupid. And then, I mean, I it's, it's also... funny. Oh, go ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say on IMDb, there's a full point difference. Like the previous one, they rated 8.6 and this one, they rate 7.6. So there's definitely yeah. a down drop in this one. Yeah. And I think perhaps this also showed me now, now as a fully, fully formed adult, uh, how much I appreciate and value being able to go to live theater. Like I was obviously very... Hashtag blessed when I lived in DC and that I got to go to New York a lot. And almost every time I went to New York for work or something, I would see a show. And so, and I just love seeing live theater so much that the fact that, I don't know, they were just squandering all these opportunities just like really made me mad. Yeah, yeah no, I'm so, with you. Uh, you know. the, the, the other note I have here, I don't remember exactly where it comes from. It's something happens where Daphne reveals that she knows that Frazier dies his... Yes. Temples. And he yes. says, he says, he says like, those, that's in the false bottom of my bottom cufflink of my cufflinks box. box. Which I'm like, are we implying that Daphne's stealing <laughs> Frazier's cufflinks or what's going on? Oh, I, I know. I think we're implying that like she Daphne has, she's done a lot of, but like a lot of snooping. That's a deep snoop. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, that is a deep. Hey, here's a question. 
when you were growing up, because I'm sure we all, when we were growing up, thought we had the best hiding places for things. What mm. were some of your hiding places? Um, I had a, so I had a toy chest growing up, like a big one. And then I started mm-hmm. putting stuff at the bottom of that when I was older, because it was mostly, by the time I became like a teenager, it was a storage for old toys. So uh, then, like uh-huh. stuff I was trying to hide was under there. Um, I uh, also had like a, a specific lunchbox that had a bunch. It was any place that as I became a teenager had become a storage place for kid toys so that if my mom caught me looking through it, I'd be like, oh, my God, can you believe I used to have this He-Man? <laughs> but like most of the time she wouldn't go looking through that stuff. I feel like, which I, I think the worst things I had to hide were probably like scandalous notes from friends where we gossiped. Oh no, but, I had girly magazines and stuff like that. Oh yeah, but I, <laughs> yeah, th- 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 that makes sense. I I, I did not. Um, I'm, th- I'm thinking like when I was in like elementary school and junior high, I want to say it was probably either like candy that I'd somehow like hoarded or like just like notes from friends where we really gave some sick burns to people. Um, and I would hide them in um luggage, like duffel bags I had and idea. stuff. Because it, it would just be, like, in side pockets and stuff. So, like, what? No, nobody's going to go, like, like it was, like, my duffel bags or, like, luggage or whatever. And it's, like, well, I'm the only one who uses these. Oh, my my mom would legitimately search through things if she thought something was there. So, that's just I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't was. think, like a, like, a stack of, like, duffel bags and backpacks in my closet. You wouldn't be, like, I shall look through these. I mean, I still kind of have a hiding place now because, like, I have a drawer that's, like, mostly underwear. And it's literally, I tell Tara. Got a false bottom. No, it's just don't go look in here. This is where I hide birthday presents of yours. Yes, like, I would say that. Unless you be- want to be not surprised. That became a thing. Like my my closet during the holidays, because especially when I after I moved out, um, my closet became where both my parents would hide gifts for each other. So that it kind of became like they had to like lay claim. Like okay, dad's like this is where I'm gonna hide gifts. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, we have a tradition in my family called Second Christmas, which is where my mom finds things around March or April that she hid for us for Christmas gifts. Yes. Unceremoniously walks up and goes here. And just hands that, um, this, that for us, it doesn't happen really March or April. It happens in the week after Christmas where my mom, like usually often on Christmas morning, we'll kind of be looking at, at, at all the gifts we've all opened and be like, okay, there's something else I yeah. need to find. And then a few days later, my mom will be like, here's nothing. So <laughs> the most recent one was a Jane Austen day by day calendar, which, Ooh. um, yeah, which she gave to me in February, which has been a treat. So I don't know why I think this is funny. I don't know if it's appropriate, but I imagine a day by day Jane Austen being like, you flip most, it's like, get married or like be, <laughs> be independent. And it just depends on which day you pull. I just have to share the uh, the thing that my, my friend's daughter, Mike's daughter, um, said to me. She uh, She's four years old, and she met Leo on Friday night and is um, obsessed with Leo. And um, she was like, which she understands I don't live in Houston. So she was like, why do I, like, why did you, why did you bring Leo with you if he don't, if, like, if you don't live here? And I said, well, you know, if I can't leave him home alone, so of course he came with me. She goes, Oh, but like, what about your daddy? Like, why didn't he watch Leo? And I was like, well, you know, he doesn't live in Austin, so he couldn't watch him. And she goes, well, what about your husband? And I was like, thanks, Catherine. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I was like, I don't have a husband. She's like, what? (laughs) Great job of raising your kid, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, it was, it was really funny. Honestly, do you have any other notes on this one? No, I, I honestly don't want to give this one any more any more of my energy. I okay. was so I was so annoyed by it yesterday. Again, I might have been in a mood, but I was just very over it. That's fine. Uh, I'll give it I'll give it five uh, hidden cufflink compartments. 
Um, I, I will give it um, four cutout newspapers. Yeah. Four honestly feels generous. I just... I did like the bit where Niles was like looking for Daphne's pictures. I kept waiting for that to happen. and Yes. I was like, this is yes. clearly a setup to that. Yes. I did like I did like uh, Daphne Moon Seattle. <laughs> she certainly did. <laughs> I don't, it, it's things like that that make me wonder when they first are naming characters at the very beginning of a series, like how much thought they put into all the different ways that their names could pay off in jokes. I'm sure some new uh, writer came in thinking of that, like you know, having seen it from a new way. There's six episodes in; it makes sense at that point, or something. Yeah, maybe that's they true. read a joke about it in Mad Magazine <laughs> or something. Who true. knows? Um. Yeah. Yeah, guys. So if you've got uh, some thoughts on either of these, which we feel like we had a big disparity in our, <laughs> our rankings of them, uh, let us know. You can email us, uh, craniacs at gmail.com. That's C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S. Uh, we are at Craniacs on Twitter. Uh, Craniacs of Facebook. God dang it, Laurel. I can't do it. <laughs> it's Cra- Craniacs of Fraser podcast on Facebook. Ah! Anyway, find us on Facebook and get in on that conversation. Uh, also, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, and Spotify. Uh, wherever you find us, if you can, give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. If you want to give us a four-star lower review, or, or I said that right. If you want to give us a four-star mm-hmm. or lower review, Laurel might have a, a better use of your time. Yeah, so I kind of have two recommendations. One is just to follow up to a previous recommendation. I believe I talked about Madam Secretary on here before. And the final season, which ended in November, is now on Netflix. It's only 10 episodes. And it's just, I mean, this show flew under the radar, really. I feel like it never really got a lot of coverage. It's just, it's so well done. It's so perfect. I highly recommend getting into it if you haven't. Um, The final, it it never has a bad season. So anyway, that, but I think I've talked about that before. Um, I highly recommend a British show that I just found that came out in 2015. It has two seasons called Dr. Foster. Mm. Um, Six episode seasons. And it is about um, a woman, Dr. Foster, if you will, uh, who uh, begins to suspect that her husband is having an affair. And my friend called it a psychological thriller, which I say is, Perhaps, I mean, the thriller part is not really it, but it's very, it's just all about like her mindset and like everything she goes through and trying to like figure out if it's true and like try to catch him in different things. Um, And the second season is a little bit of like the aftermath of different things that happened in the first season. And it's just, I, I don't know, I found it incredibly bingeable. I just like couldn't get enough. I think I finished it in like two and a half days while working from home. It's something easy to have on in the background and everything. Um, so anyway, Dr. Foster, it stars. The only person who's in it, who I know is Jodie Comer, who some of y'all may know from killing Eve. She plays the villain Villanelle, a very creative name. Um, and I don't think I didn't really recognize anyone else in the show from anything. Um, so, uh, but yeah, um, Dr. Foster on, uh, it's on Netflix. So, just check it out. Um, yeah. Well, cool, guys. Uh, check that out, and uh, we will see you next time. But until then, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all.